Hello, and welcome to episode seven of the Ranting Redneck podcast. I want to once again thank everyone that has taken the time to listen to this show, and it means a lot to see that there's, you know, people that actually take time out to listen to my rambling and my ranting. And if you have any feedback for us, you can reach us on our email, rantingrednecpod at gmail.com or on Twitter at Redneck Ranch Pod. We appreciate any any feedback, you know, whether you like us, whether you don't, we'd like to hear from you. A couple of things to touch on today. Um, this justice for J6 rally that supposedly was taking place yesterday in Washington, D.C., that July 30th, Matt Brainerd, who at one time was a Trump campaign staffer, announced on Steve Bannon's show that this rally was taking place to demand justice for the people who were arrested in connection with January 6th. And, you know, he said it was going to be huge. We were going to have members of Congress that spoke. And I don't think anybody bothered to inform members of Congress that they were supposed to be speaking at this thing because there was no elected officials that spoke at it. It was, you know, the media blew it up and law enforcement just assumed it was going to be another January 6th and anybody that had any common sense by and large stayed away from it. You can look at pictures and video from this and the police presence was far larger than the presence of protesters and, you know, the organizers and, and the media made it sound, like I said, like it was going to be another January 6th, you know, and now you see the complaints from the organizers that Republicans are being silent about this and, you know, and I'm going to be the first to say the people that were arrested in connection with January 6th have been treated horribly. They're they're political prisoners. That's 100% what it amounts to. They're not being given their rights. And yes, something absolutely needs to be done about it. But looking at this deal, it looks like basically the federal law enforcement and the Capitol Police determined they were going to turn this into some kind of ambush for conservatives that showed up for this rally. And by and large, most people thought, yeah, this is a bad idea. And didn't show up but you know you see the pictures in the video and there was one picture circulating on social media that was basically the poster boys for supposedly undercover federal officers you look at the military style haircuts and they're all dressed mostly alike and the dark sunglasses and you know hey tell me you're an undercover federal officer without using the word undercover federal officer There was one gentleman who someone reported seeing a firearm and the Capitol Police surrounded this man and apparently he produced a badge to show that he had reason to have that firearm and he was asked if he was working undercover. You can see in the video, you can hear the audio, you know, they said, are you undercover? And he said, I'm just here. Well, you know, if you're, if you're going to do something like this, at least have your law enforcement agencies coordinate together and know who's who and have some idea. And, you know, instead of 
embarrassing moments like the Capitol Police exposing what was probably an undercover federal law enforcement. Kind of, you know, get your ducks in a row a little bit. There was somewhere between 400 and 450 people attended this. And if you pay attention, there was more law enforcement there than there was people that showed up for this supposed rally and protest. And, you know, there was more media there. This was so horribly overhyped as going to be some huge event. And really not much of anybody showed up. You know, out of the 400 to 450 supposed attendees, it would surprise me if it wasn't somewhere 20% of those were probably undercover law enforcement. You know, this was just so built up to be the next January 6th. And, you know, the media and the Democrats and everybody pounced on it and said, oh, they're going to, we're going to have another insurrection, which is stupid. We didn't have one in the first place. You know, you've got idiots like Ted Lou that say, well, the, the turnout for this shows that there's less support now for Donald Trump. And, well, Donald Trump didn't have anything to do with this. A former campaign staffer did. That doesn't mean that Donald Trump pushed it or endorsed it. Or, you know, he's been very vocal about the treatment of the people arrested in connection with January 6th. But you didn't have to be a rocket scientist to understand this wasn't when anything was going to change, you know. There's, this was a setup. I mean, it was that simple. They, they heard that people were discussing doing this and they decided to turn it into an ambush and people were smart enough not to show up for it. And I'm glad to see that, you know, there's, there's going to be a lot of legal challenges that come out of this, you know, there are January 6th arrests and there's probably going to be some civil rights lawsuits filed. And, you know, they're, they're trying to claim that basically these people are, enemies of the state, terrorists, whatever, and try to deny them constitutional process because of that, which is as wrong as anything you're ever going to see. You know, the the narrative over facts, the way things are done in this country, they're still going to claim that was an insurrection. And, you know, they're just going to keep pushing lies that have been debunked a hundred times because that's what politics is now. Politics now is, you know, we want our story to be heard. And if it's not our story, nobody want, nobody should be able to tell it. And it's sad that it's come to that in this country, but it's kind of the way things are, you know, and, but I'm glad to see that people were smart enough that we didn't have a huge turnout at this thing and mass arrests and mass hysteria and something more to fuel the asinine narrative that's being pushed in this country in connection with, you know, events like this. And so I'm glad to see that people had the common sense to stay away and not show up in mass and add fuel to that fire, give them something more to, to use for their narrative. But the other thing that I want to kind of get into, and our show is going to be fairly brief today, the mess we have at the border crossing in Del Rio, Texas, this has has just become such a big news story. It's, you know, not with a lot of the liberal mainstream media, but you've seen Fox covering it a lot. And the influx of mostly Haitian illegals that are crossing the border at Del Rio, Texas. And which is interesting to me because Haiti does not have a land bridge connection to Mexico. 
all these people could afford somehow to get from Haiti to Mexico to come to the Del Rio border crossing. Well, how did they manage that? You know, who funded this? Who paid for, at last count, somewhere between fourteen and 15,000 people who are mostly, mostly Haitian? How did, who funded, you know, thousands of Haitians going to Mexico to cross our border illegally at Del Rio? And these people are literally going back and forth across the river, bringing supplies over. Somebody's furnishing those. You know, this isn't, this isn't some kind of grassroots thing. This isn't something organic. This was AstroTurf. This is, you know, somebody brought those people there to basically stage an invasion of our border. And it's, there's been a lot of trying to hide that. There was at one point, the FAA has declared a moratorium on drone flights in the area to keep people from showing overhead footage of the group gathered gathered at the Del Rio bridge and God bless the Texas department of public safely safety, because they took a helicopter down there and were taking news media people up in that when they couldn't fly drones so they could get camera footage from overhead of the mess that is, is taking place there. And now Congress, even, you know, with all the push for, employers mandating vaccines and we got to get everybody vaccinated and you know all that shit congress had the option they were working there was legislation put forth or a resolution that would have required all immigrants entering the country to have a vaccination which here there ever how you want to look at that you know with with the vaccinations if you're going to claim your own citizens have to have it, why would you be allowing people into your country that didn't, you know, they claim they, all this is about, Oh, we're controlling. We want to control COVID. We want to wipe out COVID. They want to wipe out your rights or they'd be more worried about what's coming in across the border. You know, we've with the Afghans coming in, we've got measles for shit's sake, but you know, they're, And they're talking about, now they're talking about beginning to deport some of these people and, you know, by plane loads and, uh, which needs to happen. I mean, if they're in the country illegally, you know, they need to be deported. I'm sorry. That's just, you don't sneak into somebody's house and become a homeowner. You don't sneak across the border and suddenly have the right to stay in this country. They need to be deported, you know, and we have always there's a lot of people that want think we should just blanket accept all these people. And a lot of those are the same people that said we need to not allow Cubans in who are literally leaving a dictatorial regime to try to come here. And Haiti is a mess. You know, the entire island is a mess. But the massive influx that we're seeing, something's got to stop. This is not sustainable. This is not something we can support. We do not have the revenue. We do not have the funds to take care of all these people. When you look at the condition of things with our own citizens in this country, this is, you know, it's just not, it's not something that we can do. It's not something that we can continue to do. And there, you know, people are now up in arms because they're going to start deporting people. Well, at some point that has to happen. You know, you can't just let everybody come into your country and hopefully 
these deportations, if they happen, will discourage some of that. Maybe it'll help slow this down. You know, the the city of Del Rio, their mayor closed the Del Rio Bridge at one point because people were just pouring across it. And at Del Rio, Texas, the Rio Grande River is maybe waist deep. So it's not much of a barrier. You need a physical barrier there. You know, you need a wall. You need some kind of fencing that prohibits crossing the river. You need something there. And right now that people are literally crisscrossing the river. They're going back to Mexico to get supplies coming back to the U.S. side of the river. So if they're able to do that, they should be able to stay on the Mexico side of the river. If they want to file asylum claims, those will be processed, you know, and, and political asylum is something this country has always, you know, offered to people that legitimately have a claim to it. But how many of these people, a bad economy is not a reason to claim asylum. You know, political violence, that's a reason to claim asylum. You know, there's so many people and they're talking now, you know, we hear all these ignorant terms about climate migrants and, you know, climate asylum and economic migrants. And at the end of the day, if somebody's in a country where their life is in danger and they want to claim asylum, you know, and reply for asylum in the U S that's one thing. But the fact that your nation has a bad economy, that's not reason to claim asylum to come here. You know, you file the proper paperwork and you go through immigration and if you are able to get through that process and come here and work and try to become an American then power to you, but we can't just leave this border wide open. You know, we've got to, like I said, hopefully the fact that they're going to start deporting some people will, will help discourage some of that, but I'm not going to hold my breath for it. You know, there's, there's got to be something, something's got to give somewhere. Something's got to change. And we need to find out who's funding all this. We need to go toward the root of this problem. You know, there's somebody that's helping these people get to our border. We see people come across the border that are in clothes that are perfectly good shape. They're carrying cell phones. They're crossing the border and then sitting down. How do you go days walking through the desert of Mexico and arrive at our border with a fully charged cell phone clothes that aren't disgusting and dirty and sweaty. And, you know, how do you do that? That's, that's not humanly physically possible. So somebody is pushing this. Somebody is supporting this. We need to find out who, and we need to put a stop to it until that happens. It's not going to change. It's, it's not immigration. It's an invasion. It's, if you look at where they're sending these, these people that are coming into the country, they're using it much like they did back in the nineties with Somali refugees and Palestinians and to try to change voting demographics. They're trying to create areas that will be, you know, to flip a district that's red to blue. That's, and it's transparent. It's not even something that is being hidden. Well, it's something that's painfully obvious if you pay any attention. And we've got to find a way to stop it. You know, you can't, can't allow somebody to bring a voting base into the country. And that's what's being done. And 
you know, we need our elected Republicans to stand up and be counted and do more than just write stern letters and preen for the cameras a little bit. And, and we need to go and we need to bust our butt to try to change the demographics in Congress. You know, we need to make sure we vote, make sure we campaign for people, support candidates that, that are going to try to do something about this and primary the people that sit around and virtue signal about it. You know, get them out of there. They're accomplishing nothing. All they're doing is, you know, the Lindsey Grahams and Kevin McCarthy's and all these idiots were Mitch McConnell's. They sit and talk a big game and then do nothing about it. You know, they just, they're so invested in the status quo that they're not going to change it. So we need to get out. We need to vote. We need to, you know, help campaign for people if we're able to. We need to make sure there's primary opponents for these people that aren't doing anything to change what's happening. We have to do that. It is it is our responsibility as citizens of this nation to get out there and do what we can to help change that, to help make that better, to not allow people to just randomly, you know, they talk about gerrymandering. Well, that's basically what they're doing by population demographic. They're taking these districts. And if you notice, you know, refugees are put in mass in certain areas of the state. And when that happens, you create a voting demographic over the course of time. You know, yeah, they're not citizens right now. They can't vote. But, you know, we have a push to allow them to vote in this country. And even if it's just, you know, states like California that allow illegal elections, that is a problem in of itself that, once again, you're allowing someone to create their own voting demographic, to custom build their own voting demographic, and that takes away the objectivity. That takes the power out of the hands of the people and out of the hands of the voters and gives more and more power to the politicians they're electing. So we've got to find a way to stem the illegal immigration into this country. It just it can't go on or we're going to lose our nation. You know, I mean, I don't mean that to sound dramatic, but it's absolutely what's going to happen. We will not, there will not be a U.S. anymore. A nation without a border has no sovereignty. A nation without a border is not a nation, it's a territory. We have to look for political candidates. We have to do what we can to to find people who are going to change this, or we, we lose our nation. That's literally what's at stake here. And... That just, that's not something that we can let happen to this country. One more thing that I wanted to talk about that's a little off our normal topic of politics and things like that, you know, we, uh, we have a movement in this country that, you know, we have become where we're supposed to be so tolerant of everyone, so accepting of everyone, not say anything, you know, not point out that the emperor has no clothes and, we have gotten in this country where you're not allowed to say things that are facts without somebody being offended. You know, certain things are facts. There was an episode on social media in the last few days that, that someone made the comment and I'm not going to put any Twitter handles or any names out here, but someone made the comment that if you're obese and you know, you have health problems, don't complain about your health problems and then keep, you know, going and filling your little red wagon up as you pull it past the buffet table that if you're obese and have health problems, you're the first person that can do anything about it. And oh my God, people just, you know, somebody just threw a fit. Oh, you're fat shaming. Well, 
you know, if you're morbidly obese and you have health problems, it's not shaming you. It's trying to help you. It's, you know, whether you get upset about it or not, it's a statement of fact. You know, somebody stating a fact, facts don't care about feelings. They just don't. And we need to remember that in this country and we need to not be so, so worried about people's feelings. You know, this body positive movement and healthy at any size. Well, that's just bullshit. Plain and simple fact. And I understand there are people in this country who have glandular issues or, you know, medical conditions and things that make it difficult for them not to be obese, make it hard for them not to gain weight. I have a little bit of sympathy for those people, but if you're morbidly obese and you go to the buffet and, you know, all of a sudden it looks like you're, you're filling plates up for six people. Well, nobody's going to feel bad about that. And nobody's going to feel bad about pointing out that's bad for your health. It's, it's a fact. It's not someone's opinion. You know, one of the major, major comorbidities that has caused people to have problems with COVID is being obese. You know, it makes you more prone to diabetes. It makes you more prone to heart disease. It makes you more prone to joint problems in your lower extremities as you age because there's so much more stress put on those. And it's not just obesity. It's whatever, you know, I mean, I smoke. And I'm not going to get offended when someone tells me that's unhealthy. I'm not going to say, oh, my God, you're, you're tobacco shaming me. No, it, it is. It's a choice I make that's a horrible choice, you know. And, but it's a fact I'm not going to be upset when somebody says, well, that's unhealthy. Because it is. It, people need to, need to quit being so sensitive about every little thing. We have terms for everything. Oh, you're fat shaming people, you know. You're, we have a term called slut shaming. I see this one. It's slut shaming. So in other words, if you want to get on social media and act like some kind of tramp and, you know, and then somebody calls you on it instead of saying, well, yeah, maybe that's not the way I should act. People scream they're slut shaming. We, we have shaming for everything in this country that is somehow, if you're doing it, you're wrong. Well, 90% of it is simply, if you're stating a fact, somebody's going to be offended by it and they're going to say you're shaming them for something. Well, newsflash maybe you need a little bit of shame, you know, maybe you shouldn't look at things from such a sensitive standpoint of your feelings. Maybe you should look at it from a factual standpoint, reach down, give your balls a tug and look and say, well, yeah, that's true. I kind of got to give you that one, you know, until that happens, none of this is going to improve. People are still going to think that, well, it's okay to be morbidly obese. Well, from a health standpoint, it's not, you know, and you may be fine today, but down the road, that is going to cause you problems. Quit being so sensitive about it, people. And that's not just this. It's everything in general. We have become, people by and large have become such marshmallows anymore. You know, they're scared. Every little thing offends people. People are scared of offending people. You know, the world runs on offense anymore. I'm offended. Well, I'm offended that you're offended. Well, you offended me with that comment. Maybe we just need to get the word offended out of the dictionary because it's ruining this country. It's ruining everything. You're, you can't do anything for fear of offending anybody. Well, sorry about your luck. You know, it's not my fault. Your parents raised a pussy and you get offended by everything. You know, we need to man up in this country or ever how you want to say it. That's probably considered sexist anymore. 
But ever how you say it, we need to man up. We need to, to toughen up in this country, get a thicker skin, start looking at things objectively. Quit looking at everything from the standpoint of your feelings. You know, tuck your feelings in your pocket and look at things objectively and say, maybe that's right. So, you know, in, in short, quit being offended by everything, people. Quit being such a bunch of marshmallows. It's just tiresome. And it gets old really, really damn quick. Well, that's basically what we've got for you today. Like I said, our show was kind of short today. Didn't have a lot of time to prepare and, you know, been a little bit busy, but I kind of wanted to sit down here and yap with you for just a minute. So I appreciate you taking the time to listen. And like I said, you know, you can get a hold of us on Twitter at RedneckRantsPod. You can email us, rantingrednecpod at gmail.com. And... We'd like to hear from you, and if you like what you hear when you listen to us, tell a friend, and be sure to follow on your favorite podcast service, and if you don't like what you hear, I just told you how to tell me about it. You know, I may may disagree with you, but I will listen to what you have to say, because, you know, I do this because I enjoy doing it, but I do it because I want it to be informative, and I want it to be fun for people to listen to, and if I'm not doing that right, somebody needs to tell me. Well, we will try to put together a little more show next week and but thanks for listening and we'll catch up to you in a few days